So I invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew 19, verses verses 16 through 30. And in my Bible, this is the story of the rich young man. Hear these words. Now a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, When the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. May he add his blessing to it. Would you join me in prayer? Father, come to us today and speak to us. Open our ears, open our eyes. We want to hear you, we want to see you. Jesus, would you come and touch us today? Lift us up out of the surroundings of our lives that we may be transported even into your presence by your spirit today. Oh God, nourish us, nurture us, and feed our faith. We pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Today's message is entitled, Is Jesus Enough? And like I had mentioned to you at the onset of today's service, this is a message that God has been working with me and kind of churning, if you will, in my heart and soul for more than a week, I think, already. And I was kind of looking for an opportunity to share it, and I know that today is the perfect day. So I was jotting down a few thoughts uh, about this last night as I was watching Saturday Night Live. Just kidding. (laughs) I was watching the basketball game. (laughs) Kidding again. I turned it off and focused on my message and jotted down a few notes to you for you today and, and for me, actually. And uh, today's 
passage, I want to kind of split it up into three parts. Um, if you have your Bible, you might just follow along a little bit as I break and make these divisions. You know, there's an old expression, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one spoonful at a time. Uh, there's a lot in this passage, and I'm just going to break it down into three pieces for you. The first section I'm calling The Quest. The Quest. And this is verses 16 through 20. Today's passage illustrates a rich young man, someone who you might think would have everything in life. In the 80s, we might have called this person a yuppie. Remember that expression? It's an abbreviation for young urban professional. And I'm imagining that this rich man was such a man, that he probably had the world by the tail. He was probably making money hand over fist. He had a good income. And he was rich, and one version of the Gospels tells us that he was a ruler. That is to say, he had some power. He was a person of authority. He had wealth and power. He had many of the things that people today in our world ascribe to. And yet, deep down, this man knew that something was missing. He felt a kind of emptiness in his heart. And so he comes to Jesus and he asks him, what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus points the man to the Ten Commandments, and he rattles off a few of them, and the man says, well, all of these I have kept, and, and so I must be good to go. But deep down, he still asks Jesus, what do I lack? You know, the man is actually a lot like us. I think people are asking the same question today. I think maybe you and I and others, we feel it in our hearts sometimes that there's just something missing. That even to follow Jesus and to obey his commands, that there can be times of emptiness and, and kind of despair in our lives. And, and I think anybody whose heart is beating and whose lungs are taking in air is on a quest for life. We all want more life. We want deeper life. We want a, a significant life, a, a better life, if you will. You know, King Solomon turned to a lot of things to try to find that life. In the Bible of the Old Testament, the book Song of Psalms tells us that Solomon tried wine, and he tried women, and he tried work, and he invested himself in study and education and pleasure and all kinds of things, and yet None of these things satisfy. Some people turn to religion. And when I say religion, I mean religion. I mean following rules and rituals and routines and being a good person. And that's kind of what I imagine about this young, young man in today's passage. He was a rule keeper. He followed the rules, the Ten Commandments. He thought he was good, but yet it just simply wasn't enough he realized that deep in his heart, something was missing. Maybe you've asked that same question. Maybe you're asking that question today. Where can I find true, eternal, everlasting, abundant life? You also may have tried many things. You may have looked in many places. You might have even tried religion and rule keeping, but you realize that in the end, it's still rather empty. There's a kind of hole in your heart, and you, like all of us, we're on a quest 
for life, for deeper life, eternal life, everlasting. And let me tell you this morning, friends, that what you feel is is normal. We don't live in a perfect world and, and nobody is perfect. You are asking the right question. You are asking the right question. The first part of this passage is the quest, the quest for life that this rich young man and we all share together. The second part is the challenge. This is found in verses 21 through 26. In verse 21, Jesus responds to the man's question about what do I still lack when he says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now, the word perfect here doesn't mean without fault or flawless. Nobody's perfect. It simply means to be complete, to be mature. That is to be full, to be satisfied. It is interesting that Jesus basically says that in order for you to be satisfied and full, you've got to empty yourself of your possessions. In other words, stop clinging to the things of this world which are fleeting and passing and cling to me instead. This is what he tells this rich young man. He said, then you will find life. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Verse 22 tells us that when the man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. When push came to shove, the man could not part with his possessions and his wealth. He chose luxury over the Lord. Jesus goes on to say how hard it will be for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. He even says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to be saved, something I think probably his disciples found rather humorous. And just to be clear, God can save rich people too. He says, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. But here's where the rubber meets the road in today's message. The question I want to ask and pose again is, is Jesus and Jesus alone truly enough for you and for me? You know, if you think about it, we're really spoiled in America. We have a lot of stuff, amenities, conveniences, possessions. We, we are living in one of the richest countries on earth. But with the events of 2020 and now 2021, many of the things that we have so often enjoyed and frankly taken for granted have been taken away from us. The pandemic, for example, has taken away some of our freedoms, our ability to gather in large groups, uh, to go out to eat. I miss going out to eat with friends and gathering or to attend a, a sporting event, a basketball game or a football game. Go Chiefs. The pandemic has taken away our ability for some of us to see our own family members, to hold and to hug their grandkids. It's taken away our ability to gather as we would prefer for worship on Sunday mornings, to have a fellowship time, to hold our outreach events last summer like our Sunday in the parks or our Jesus giveaway. Uh, we have to gather and be careful. We have to kind of social distance and wear masks. And the question is, is Jesus enough in your spirituality, in your growth, without all of those things? What about the political upheaval that has created instability in our nation and government? Republicans and Democrats are at odds with each other. 
some question last November's election whether it was really uh, fair and legitimate. We've seen riots recently in the sacred halls of our nation's capital. All of these things are destabilizing. They're anxiety-producing. They're they're upsetting. At least I know they are to me. And some have said this doesn't even feel or seem like America anymore. Our nation is barely recognizable. The very foundations of our democracy and government have been shaken. Again, is Jesus and Jesus alone enough without all of these things? You know, we can't meet together for worship due to the weather at times, like last Sunday and today. A polar vortex, or whatever you want to call it, a blast of cold air. And we haven't been able to gather now for a couple of Sundays. We love to come together to sing songs and see each other, greet each other, read scripture and hear a message together. But without the organ or the piano or the praise band, is Jesus enough? Maybe you're cooped up in the house today, or maybe you're a shut-in or isolated because of the pandemic, all alone, without friends. And maybe there are other losses in your life. You may have lost family members or even a spouse this past year. Again, is it enough to have Jesus and him alone? If Jesus said to you today that you had to part with something that was very, very important to you to follow him, could you do it? Now, it may not be riches or wealth. That's what it was for this young man. But for others of us, it just may be other things that we hold dearly and and love. Maybe God is asking you to part with television. Could you do it? Could you part with your cell phone? Could you part with not seeing your friends or even your family members for a time? Could you part with other amenities that we so easily enjoy? I'm not saying that we should become like monks and we have to give everything up. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't enjoy the wonderful gifts and blessings that God has given us. Truly, we are blessed. All of these things are a part of the life of blessing that God gives to us. But the reality is, many of these things have already been stripped away, like it or not. You know, in Philippians 4.19, Paul said, My God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do we believe that? I wonder, do I believe that? That Jesus himself is enough, that all of my needs will be met, regardless of all the external things and stuff, and even relationships in my life. Jesus himself said in John 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Do we believe it? Do we believe that Jesus will satisfy? He will quench our thirst and fill our souls with his spirit. You know, I don't know about you, but I like being able to gather with friends. I like being able to have what I call normal worship services, gatherings with hugs and handshakes. I like going and watching you and I play basketball or football in this fall. I like not having to deal with snowstorms. (laughs) You know, I think of the underground church in places like communist China, especially in years past, for example, or even in Cambodia, the place where I taught English for two years in the early 90s. And I think about these Christians who 
are forced to kind of go underground, figuratively speaking, uh, to worship and to believe in their, uh, their God. And they weren't even allowed, in a lot of cases, to have scriptures or Bibles. If they were found with scriptures, they might have been put to death. And certainly public gatherings of other Christians were, were forbidden. And so their faith was kind of suppressed in a way. In a sense, they were persecuted for being Christians. And yet what's interesting about the underground church is that in times of suppression, they actually grew. That people were forced to rely more deeply on their faith in Jesus Christ, even on their own personal commitment, and had to kind of rise up and stand strong. That's the question today. Without all of the stuff in our lives, is Jesus enough? Along with that comes this wonderful promise in today's scripture from verses 27 through 29. Peter says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What's in it for us? Will we get a reward? Is there something coming for us too? And Jesus says in verses 28 and following, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Here is the beauty of God's economy. The pyramid of power the pyramid of rewards is inverted. When you sacrifice now, you will be satisfied later. And you say, well, how can you say, Pastor, following Jesus is a sacrifice? Really, what better or greater thing is there than to know Jesus more deeply? That's not even a sacrifice in my view. What could be a greater than having only Jesus and more of him in your life. Following Jesus gives us Jesus both now and later. And in the end, you will find the life that you have been looking for. Friends, what an extraordinary time in which we are living. Also, what a terrific time and opportunity for us as believers in Jesus to lean into Jesus to be free of all of the distractions and amenities and all of the things that have so often torn us away from God and to simply be in the presence of God, to be still and know that he is God. God may be calling you today. He may be speaking to you. Maybe it's time to give up some of the extras in your life, uh, maybe for a time or maybe for good. And rather than see these times as a hardship or a struggle or inconveniences, may you see them as a time to grow closer to Jesus. Relish your time alone with Jesus. Read your Bible. Pray like never before. Be thankful that you're not distracted with all of those things that have been stripped away that you've had to give up. Don't be too eager for things to return to normal and to settle back into kind of a status quo type spirituality or faith. 
No, God may be speaking to you during this pandemic, during this time of national uh, national upheaval and protest and, and this kind of prolonged time of not worshiping in person. What is God saying? Don't miss it. It's a golden opportunity for you to grow deeper with him. And so really today's message, meditation, is kind of a reflection, a time or a call to reflection and self-evaluation. Is Jesus really enough for you? We know that he should be. We know that he is. But is he truly in your heart enough? We all have things in our lives that tend to push Jesus and God to the sidelines. They may be habits or routines or traditions or sports. It may be addictions or even secret sins. Could be amenities and pleasures and customs and possessions and routines and money. Maybe there's some idolatry, some bondages, some things that you just know are wrong. They are not holy and pleasing to God, and yet they're right there in your life. They distract you and pull you away from Jesus. But like the rich young ruler, Jesus says essentially, get rid of these things, remove the distractions, follow me and me alone. And in the end, you will find the life that you are looking for. Your quest for life and satisfaction will be fulfilled. What a quest, a challenge, and a promise. Let us pray. Dear God, we love you and we thank you and we praise you, O Lord, for just speaking to us through this meditation today. And God, we thank you that your word is clear and powerful and it never returns void. Thank you, Lord. Honor our time of worship here today as we attend to your word. So God, come and change us. Forgive us, Lord, when we've attached ourselves too firmly to the things of this world. Help us, God, to rely more purely on Jesus each and every day. We pray it in his name and his name alone. Amen.